The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. And do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, do not bother me, for the door has already been locked, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up to give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not give up, get up and give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given you. Search and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds, and for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The Gospel of the Lord. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be ever pleasing in your sight, O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Lord, teach us to pray. I cannot think about this passage without recalling a parishioner from the church I attended in college name was Glenn. If Christians are people who are in, as commentators point out, the school of prayer with Jesus as their teacher, then Glenn was surely the class clown. For a mental image, Glenn was a heavier set version of John Belushi, and he was a walking and talking animal house. Glenn would always sit behind me in church and make his presence felt. 
He had a commentary on the sermon always running. And my, did he love to sing, but only a few verses. If the song went on too long, he'd let you know, usually by accompanying the organ, by mumbling some version of this is the song that never ends, (laughs) or whatever Rolling Stone lyrics popped into his mind. Another thing about Glenn, he called God Ole Howard. Glenn, why do you call God Howard? You'd ask him. He'd love to tell you about when he was little. He thought the Lord's prayer went, Our Father who art in heaven, Howard be your name. (laughs) Most of us grow out of the jokes we learned when we were kids. Glenn remained a child to the end, and he helped the rest of us to become a little more childlike in the process. Needless to say, he wasn't someone who scored very high in subjects of reverence and piety, but he did get one thing very right. Prayer for him was a dialogue. It's a conversation with a person. Very near the heart of Christian prayer, writes one commentator, is getting over the idea that God is somewhere a very, very long way off. Sometimes I sense that we have made prayer a spiritual analog to the movie Contact, one of the most mediocre films of all times, I might add. But it's about Jodie Foster, a scientist who tries to establish contact with extraterrestrial life 26 million light years away. I think if we are honest, we can all admit to one degree or another thinking of prayer like this. Perhaps this is why it is so hard and so unnatural. But this prayer that we read this morning, the Lord's Prayer, is difficult for other reasons. I mean, are we seriously going to call God Father? Remember, our Jewish ancestors couldn't say the name God. It was so holy, so sacred, you might die if the Y word slipped out of your mouth. This is one before whom creation trembles and covers its face. We are wise to feel the shock of this word. In one sense, church is like the child who walks into the high king's inner chamber itself and says, hi, dad. Lord, are you sure about this? Jesus, our elder brother, puts his arm around us and says, it's okay. You can go in there. He's your father, too. No wonder we lead into the prayer with those words, now as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say. We are bold to pray this prayer. Glenn, as you gathered, was a man who did church loud. He was fully okay being the impudent child, singing Rolling Stones and praying to Howard, you thought he just didn't get it. But things changed for me one Sunday when I noticed that there was one line in the service that Glenn didn't do loud. He dropped out during the Lord's Prayer. 
Thy kingdom come, on earth as it is in heaven. We talked about it afterwards, and he told me that he struggled to pray that line some Sundays. I'm not sure I'm ready for God's will to be done, he said. What if it collides with my will? I was struck by his childlike honesty. Praying to our Heavenly Father is a bold dialogue. We are asking for his kingdom and his power, his government to shine through in ours. We are telling God that we are ready for his revolution. And I suppose this is risky for another reason. Our dialogue with the Father places us in dialogue with the brokenness of the world. As we bow to say the Our Father, we, we also bow into the very pain of our world. Glenn passed away unexpectedly last year and I had the immense privilege of going down to celebrate his life. The church was packed to the gills. The class clown had been such a kind and generous upperclassman to so many of us in the school of prayer. He had showed us around the halls of childlikeness and trust as few others had. As you may, ex may have expected during that celebration, God had a name. He was Howard. I thought about Glenn this past week as Katie and I were moving out of our apartment. We moved literally two blocks. There is a great deal of overlap between lifting and moving boxes and prayer. <laughs> Few things will make you more spiritual than this. There are some psalms known as the cursing psalms, the ones where Israel calls down fire on the rest of the universe. These were my spiritual companions this past week. Box after box after box. Tape shut, lift, curse, move to the truck, repeat. Tape shut, lift, curse, and on and on. Prayer is kind of like this, isn't it? You are taking those things that are most valuable to you and you are moving them to another piece of property. Those things that are heavy, things that you fear may be useless and you wish you could get rid of, whether it's a parking space or a dying friend, it's all got to be carried out. And it's all got to be done one by one, box after box, tape, shut, lift, curse, I felt like Israel in the wilderness. Why are we doing this again? I would ask Katie about every eight seconds. Which by the way, I have decided that moving is the perfect antidote for any couple here who thinks that they have marriage totally figured out. <laughs> we were all packed up and we were both crotchety and zonked a lovely combination. I was well past the point of my cursing psalms. I was nearing full-blown atheism. 
But we were finished. Oh, shoot, except for the curtains. It's always the curtains. It was starting to get a little dark in the den. The sun was setting. Packing took most of the day. I drew the short straw and climbed up on the ladder to take down the last piece of the apartment. As the curtains came down, I saw one thing that we had forgotten. Sitting there in the window sill, laying over diagonally, was a little clay tie-dye cross that a group of friends from my old church in Birmingham had made for me when I moved to Pittsburgh. One of those friends was Glenn. With all the boxes packed up, with all the prayers prayed, with the rooms finally emptied out, a tired and calloused hand reached out and clutched the only thing left. Amen.